Hey everyone, I had another conversation with Trish. Um, I always intend to cut a little bit more than I end up cutting because I feel like, you know, even just our regular conversation is is somewhat relevant or at least descriptive enough to where you kind of get the idea. Um, So I won't be doing a lot of editing on this. So there are a couple spots that are a little dicey, I'm sure. But I feel like sometimes I just, I I prefer to just kind of capture the moment. Um, And it's just kind of raw and, you know, discussing our experiences. Um, Some of them are what we're currently going through, some of our anxieties. Um, I talk about my children a little bit. Um and my struggles with court and her struggles with all the things she's gone through with her, um, court battles. Um, and, um, we discuss hoovering and and some other topics. Uh, so without, yeah, without any more introduction, really, um, I have Trish Valleys and she is, Um, working with a publisher, writing a book, um, hoping to get her website up soon. Hopefully she'll have her podcast up soon um, when I have more information on all of that. Um, We'll definitely be dropping it here. And again, if anybody wants to read her book, give her any feedback, um, what they think, um, we do have, you know, downloadable copies um, that she is willing to send out to our listeners um, if you want to learn more about her story and her struggles and her um, her way out and her advice on how to handle these types of narcissists so um, yeah thank you for listening I'll turn it over to our conversation Yeah, I'm recording now, but uh, it doesn't matter. I can always edit. Um, it's going. <laughs> so I'm, uh, yeah, the, today today is just one of those wacky days. My, you know, my boss is being in town and, you know, trying to hyper-focus on work, trying to hyper-focus on the house. And then, you know, trying to, it, it's a balancing act that and, um, you know, and then, and then I also have my other priorities, um, with my partner and I haven't really been around much for her either. So that's also another stress, you know, a stressor. So it's very, very difficult to get juggle it all really, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Even though, you know, it's coming, you don't know, you know, what it's, what it's gonna, how it's gonna turn out or anything like that, but trying to stay positive as positive as I can through this whole how's the house work on the house going good I'm here right now I don't think I've ever been here when I've called you no (laughs) so okay um it's it's going I mean yeah this is the backyard in its current form we've got videos we can do that yeah so these these steps I had to paint yesterday both of those I painted 
Whoa, yeah. whoa, runway. And then uh, I had to kind of do some touch up paint. This was this was just a wood. I had to paint that little corner. Yeah. That's wow. the yard. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's all hay laid down. But if you get real close, you can see the grass starting to kind of sprout Sorry. up a little um, bit. Yeah. So. It looks. It almost looks as if it's a bit dry there where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it rained just now. Oh, did it? Okay. It, it might be yeah. the hay. Yeah. Because there's there's hay laid down, and you know she wants yeah. me to keep the the flowers and whatnot. But I mean, if you look close, there's there's weeds, you know, just mixed in yeah. with the flowers everywhere. So there's it's yeah. like there's there's some nice flowers, but then there's these crazy spiky weeds. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't even. I haven't even got to that yet, but no. there was this, this whole area was just covered in rosebush thorns and piles of yeah. dirt. I had to get rid of all that and lots well, of stuff. Well, it's looking a bit tidy, to be honest. It does What's look that? tidy. It does look a bit tidy, then it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you ever saw the videos of, of the other, you know, what it looked like beforehand, but it was... Yeah. It was awful, yeah. and then I uh, yeah. had to touch up paint in here in the in the living room everywhere, and, and the bathroom was all blue. Now the bathroom is all white. It was dark, dark blue. I had to do like oh four layers of of yeah. paint in there. So, yeah. um, and then I had to. I yesterday I went through and there was holes in every single wall in the hallway, and in here there was yeah. about probably 12 holes from screw holes and everything else. And same, same thing in here, there's, you know, nails and screws and everything all along this wall from hangings and, you know, pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. So I basically had to patch the holes and then paint over them and did the same thing in the boys rooms, but haven't, haven't got to that yet. So yeah. that's, that's what it was, you okay. know, yeah, yeah. That was pretty much all, all over the place. Mind you, there's a lot in that. You look like you've done loads. We haven't spoken for a sort of a couple of weeks, but it looks yeah. like an awful lot of work you've done. Really. I mean, between between that and and you know, um, I mean, the backyard. You know, if you could have seen the process that it took. I mean, it's just it's funny because it now now it just looks like a, a flat backyard that just needs grass to grow. But I mean, it was it was. Yeah, you sent me, well, you showed me the pictures of what it was like before, oh, yeah. so it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. It was basically got a time to work as well. What's that? I don't, know how you to, I don't know how you find time to do everything, to work as well as doing that. I mean, my job is, is one of those jobs that I basically am able to kind of jump in, log on, do what I need to do. I kind of have it down to a science, you know? Um, and then I can kind of schedule my phone screenings and appointments typically around whatever I need to, you know? Okay. Um, so a lot of times I can knock out three or four phone calls, you know, in the morning yeah. or in the afternoon or whatever to, to work around and then, you know, go from there. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, so the base basement's the next big project. I got to power wash the basement and everything else. I started moving boxes and, clothes yeah. and everything else from one side of the house to the other basically in the yeah. basement so that's what I was planning on doing today but I don't know how much time I'm going to have to to, to really work on it so but your boss was in town and uh, everything's all right there with your work and everything yeah yeah no it's just uh you know game planning and 
I think, I think for me, I'm a recruiter. So it's, it's uh, hard to keep people employed when we have the stimulus packages and the unemployment rates are what they are. And so a lot of people are like, well, I'll just collect, you know, unemployment, you know, and then I'll go buy a lawnmower and then side hustle by mowing lawns and collect $3,000 a month on unemployment, you know, like, so it's hard. I think, I think nationally, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of businesses that are having issues right now with, with keeping people employed. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy out there for, for my type of position right now. So I think it was more, it was more or less just kind of, you know, go out to dinner, brainstorm session, that kind of stuff. But it is like a different hat I have to put on, you know, a different. Uh, And I I don't know about you. I find that all sort of quite difficult because I'd have to sort of like, you'd have something from court and have to deal with your solicitor and, and this, that, yeah. and back yeah. over all that. And then usually it would be a load of rubbish that came that was, you know, had been dreamt up. But I, and that used to annoy me that I continually had to prove that I was innocent and that was rubbish, you know, instead of, well, yeah. prove, prove your point, you know, you've said this, now prove it's true. Right. And then, then you'd have to try and go and do your day job. I know. (laughs) And then do whatever else you were doing, you know, which was when, certainly when we were selling the farm and things like that, there was acres of tidying up to do because- Yeah. Yeah, you got a farm, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's not just him, it's most farmers stack scrap everywhere. They never let go of anything. But of course, when somebody comes to buy it, they want it all cleared up, cleared out, cleared away. Yep. And, and it was just such, I was, I was completely exhausted, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. From- I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it was like here. It was like, I mean, it was unkempt this whole year, you know, I mean, she, she yeah. moved out last year. So, I mean, it was just overgrown. Everything was overgrown and she just had you know, yeah, just random chunks and piles of wood or not wood of, of dirt that was, was back there too. Yeah. I mean, behind the garage, I didn't walk back there just now, but it's just, you know, probably about, honestly, it's probably about four, a four foot pile of dirt that is like the, the entirety of the, the garage across the back, just dirt, like four foot, like, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with that. I'm going to throw it online and say free topsoil if anybody wants to come pick it up you know, because it is gardening season. So people will buy topsoil. So just yeah, yeah. come over. I got a wheelbarrow. Just <laughs> yeah. come and burrow it away yourself. Yeah. yeah. Get yeah. some contractor bags or whatever, throw, throw some yeah. dirt in there and, you know, get it off my property. You usually will find somebody, won't you? We used to sort of sometimes with the muck and things like that on the farm Yeah, and people would, you know, it was, it was a bit painful, but that you know, they'd bring a few plastic sacks and and a fork, and then they'd be pottering about and filling them <laughs> up and the car, and you know, so it did go in the end, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then on top of this, I mean, you know, the the ex has uh, given me grief. She took one of the water, one of the one of the uh, hoses, and I have to water the grass, you know because it's growing, I have to water it twice, twice a day. And, yeah. you know, she just can't stop herself from giving little remarks. And, you know, she running her own flower farm or whatever she's doing, 
you know, um, you know, she's like, before I started doing work on the backyard or too much work, my son told her that I was doing that, which she knows that was the plan, but yeah. you know, she has to make little remarks like, you know, just really be considerate of the land and what you're doing to it because there's a whole ecosystem back there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking aware there's an ecosystem back there. There's all kinds of shit back there. <laughs> you know, I don't say that. I don't say anything. I just, I literally just stonewall her, basically. Yeah. Just like, there's a whole ecosystem. There's squirrels, there's birds, there's insects. Like they're depending on that backyard as a resource for their environment. And you're changing their entire environment and blah, 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 blah. And then, and, you know, she's like, I don't really approve of what you're doing to the backyard. Um, and I'm like, what do you not approve of? People don't want a flower farm in the middle of a city if they're going to buy a house. Like, we agreed to sell the house. We can't leave it as a flower farm. <laughs> like, nobody's going to walk back here and be like, what the hell is this atrocity? I don't want this in my backyard. You know, the people, people are buying a house in the city because they want a house in the city. They don't want to maintain a flower farm. So, you know, she's upset. She was upset for some reason. That I was loving. But that's them. what they do, isn't it? it yeah. It's always stuff being done to them. They're so hard to buy. The victim, you know? you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about um, just hoovering and, and uh, her trying to. I mean, it, it's been fine, but I feel like I'm just waiting for her to like come at me again with something, you know, just because it's it's to that point to where it's like this this cycle, even when you're out of the relationship, there's this cycle of, of almost like, even though like in this case, it, it, I feel like it's still a form of hoovering when you are gonna have to stay in a relationship with someone. In well, some I think sort of relationship. Yeah, but no matter, you can only go so low on your contact at the moment right right because because of the boys and everything so you've got yeah. to have some some communication with her right it just needs and, to be on you, the record yeah it, it's just every opportunity isn't it it, it is every opportunity and um it, and, it, it, and the funny thing is sometimes it's like the, the Hoover though is like, you know, like pretend like everything's okay. Pretend like everything till, till my guard gets down. And then if I let my guard down at all um, and she calls to speak to the boys and then she says something like, oh, hey, I just have to ask your dad a question for a second. You know, it's like, and yeah. then says something that's, that's, that's normal or whatever. I mean, that hasn't happened recently, but, you know, those types of things, I feel like right now she's kind of going through that, even though the environment about the flowers and stuff, I'm sure she didn't think that I found that offensive, but it was offensive because I've spent, you know, the last two weeks and probably a week straight just working on this yard to get it ready yeah. for sale for her to just basically disregard everything that I've done, you oh. know, because she left it a disaster. It's like, you're upset at me and you left this house a complete clusterfuck. And now you're just disregarding everything, you know, but simultaneously, she's not, she's not doing anything that's super rude. And I feel like right now she's like being kind, which always makes me wonder, okay, why are you, why are you trying to get, yeah. why are you trying to get my guard down? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
to where then I feel like they feel like they're starting to regain some kind of control if I engage or at least like give her more than two sentences. So I'm trying really hard to just give her nothing. Even if she's being nice, I just, yeah. am, you know. Well, I think to be fair, I think that's the, the key, isn't it? It's just don't engage because you're, you know, they're, they're hunting for your empathy for you to engage and then they can so they can manipulate really well I that's what I used to feel or at the end I stopped doing it and you know time after time after time I would respond and try and be reasonable or you know or suggest stuff and yeah <laughs> all this kind of thing and it would only end in a complete disaster when you'd gone down the route of, you know, trying my best to please everybody and sort the situation right. and set me up. And actually, that's not what they want at all. It's not what they want at all. They want and, a supply and you're their yeah. supply. Yeah. And, and, you know, just they all they do is sort of like a little jerk on the hook to make sure you're still there and you're going oh yeah yeah that's fine and that's fine and he did that time after time to see that I would I would do it and in the yeah, end and I just it, thought, a little you know, boundary I'm not doing it I'm yeah. not doing it and I find it quite scary actually to not do it yeah um, I find it more scary than doing it because it was like the devil on you I, I just got used to doing it yeah um, but I, and, and still he tries, you know, and at the moment, because the, we've had no contact, I've had no contact, I've blocked him on everything. So he's now sent what are complaints to my solicitor. And my solicitor has sort of said to me, oh, I've had a communication from him saying, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. And I'm going, well, we addressed that in February 2020, you know, so this is more than 12 months later. He knows it's addressed it. I said, so I'm not actually paying you to even respond to him. And my solicitor says, well, I have to respond because it's an official complaint. And I went, and I'm not paying, you know, because I think, oh no, I'm not playing that game at all. Um, our son, he had his first um, vaccination a uh, week ago Saturday, um, so he had, to, he had to drive back to the ho our home to get it because he's still registered with the doctor there. Mm. Um, so he drove back there, he, uh, he's, he obviously must have been in touch with his dad and said, that he would see him. He didn't stay with him because his right. dad isn't vaccinated. He stayed at a, another friend that's got a sort of log cabin in there, got a summer house. So he stayed oh, there. Nice. Yeah. He was out of everybody's way. Probably a lot um, less stressful being there than with his dad anyway. Well, absolutely. And then I think they met down the road from the hospital where he had the vaccination. They met and had breakfast and whatever chat. Well, and then my son was driving straight back to London. Um, but I don't know, I, you know, he rang me as soon as he left his dad. 
for no, not seeming any reason, but whether it's just reassurance or I'm sure it's anxiety ridden. Yeah, there was no content or anything, right. you know, and I just said, well, how did it go? How are you doing? Watch how you drive back and, you know, yeah, give yourself a bit of self-care. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I think, yeah, he probably just felt like he needed the support of somebody that understood in that moment, even if yeah. it was nothing serious. Like, yeah. it it's, is a very stressful situation when you know you have to go into meet a narcissist and he knows at this point what his father is you know yeah I'm sure that he just is was dreading it I'm sure he was dreading it and it almost like he felt obligated to it do it sounded a bit like that you know uh, although he's like going on 22 yeah it sounded a bit you know needing a bit of just somebody reassuring him really oh bear with me half a second Philip I've got uh, Hola. It's okay. It's my neighbor brought me. What was that? <laughs> oh, gracias. It's okay. Gracias. Bien. Bien. Gracias. It's, it's my neighbor. Oh, nice. I, I am, I have got to go back to the UK. Um, and I'm, I'm setting off on Friday, but I'm driving. I'm going on the ferry. Um, so he's brought me some avocados because they all grow in this area. Uh, mine, mine are all finished, but he's got a different variety. You have you have an maple. avocado tree at your house? Uh, yeah, I have a little orchard. I have 20 avocado trees. Oh my yeah. God. And I have yeah. limes and I have um, a lemon and oranges and a pear and a fig. I, and, uh, that sounds and then chirimoya as well. Oh my god! That yeah, that sounds like heaven to me. I'm I'm a, yeah. I put avocado on everything. <laughs> Do you? Do you? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. They have. Um, he 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 used to be a builder, but he's um, he looks after the avocado plantations for lots of people around here yeah and they gradually they were big plantations and they're getting broken up into smaller and smaller ones you know as the yeah. older members of the family die but he's got about four different varieties so the the picking season is from sort of september october to about june you know okay. most of the year with the four different varieties huh. so minor has avocados so they're the they they say they're the best ones the hats are okay um, these are lanka and another one and they're they're quite creamy but they're not as tasty as has you know mm -hmm. um and and but anyway he's just brought me some to take back to him which is very nice uh so that's that's good but i yes yeah, so I think I think my son phoned for his reassurance and I was sort of saying to somebody, I don't know why, I feel, I don't feel that like I feel quite looking forward to going back to the UK in some ways and, and the travel, but I feel anxious and I'm, I'm going, not going to be anywhere near while I'm doing my quarantine, I have to do quarantine, mm. but then I've got to go quite close to him. And I do feel anxious about that. I, I feel, yeah, 
very anxious about it. I've, um, I've got, um, I've had the thoughts, a lady, um, a specialist in narcissism. I don't know if you've read any of the articles on psychology today. Um, I've read but, some, yeah, but well, not anything I, recently. No, well, I'm, I sort of hooked up with one lady, uh, Christy Lee Hockenberger. Okay. Um, she's like a narcissism expert on oh. um, psychology today. She's written a forward to my book for me, which is amazing. Oh, that's huge. Which I'm so delighted about. And actually, she's doing a doctorate. Um, she, I think she's at Syracuse University. At, and she wants That's to about three hours for me. Really? Yeah. She wants to use me as for her study in her dissertation. So, you know, we've just hooked up over that. So that's really... Yeah, you know, going to be really interesting. Um, and I suppose I'm feeling a bit anxious because the launch date is the 14th of June, which is when I'll be over there. So, wow. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it all seems like a good idea at the time. Um, <laughs> Until it becomes real. <laughs> yeah, I've got one or two real good friends there, though, that are very supportive. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and I think this is a feature of sort of complex PTSD, isn't it, really? That I, I go straight back there and I'm going, oh, I, I feel well, all the Probably not. It's, it's going to be okay. You probably won't see him. It's just, the, yeah. it's going to it's gonna bring back a lot of feelings, a lot of... Yes, it just... You, uh, I'm doing my best to sort of, I'm taking a bag of lemons with me so I can suck on those. There you go. Um, <laughs> and stay in the present rather than being hauled back to the past, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I was grabbing a drink. That's all right. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah. Us Americans and our coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, don't blame you. Don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to have something, to, you know, stay level these days yeah yeah that's that's um it's pretty heavy i mean I, I i as much time and stuff as you put between him and getting rid of him and having to go back into that um hmm. how many times have you sorry i wanted to ask you about hoovering um a little yeah. bit and like when you left i mean what was the process did you ever did he ever start to admit to faults when you were leaving and stuff like that? Or was he always? No, it's always me. It always me. Yeah. Um, it, but, and you know, I sort of realized over time that the whole story he'd always given me about his family and how they were treated badly by the neighbours and blah, blah, blah. And they, they were always, always the victim. Yeah. Always the victim. And it was always me. I was the townie, even though I'd been born in the country. I hadn't lived on a farm all my life, but I'd been brought up rurally, uh, this, that, and the other. Um, I was the townie. I didn't know anything. I didn't know, you know had no no idea of what was going on and it was just always me it's so funny how that's a, a 
a negative like no matter what like bringing up your heritage or where you're from you know I mean I had the same yeah. thing because I grew up in you know a smaller town in New Mexico and born in Texas and you know it was just kind of like she would always say that I'm backwoods hillbilly white trash redneck whatever it was to try to you know any kind of insult to to throw my way and dig at you isn't it, really? feel, yeah make me feel ignorant um yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's, yes, that's what he did, uh, with, certainly with sort of farming stuff. And right. yet I was the one that developed the business plan to get the planning permission to get the farm to do this. So I researched organic farming like right. there's no tomorrow, which at that time, you know, there was very little organic food on sale. Nowadays, it's in the right. supermarkets, it's, Everywhere. it's yeah. you know, um, but I'd researched the whole thing. Um, so, but it was still that I knew nothing, yeah. you know? And and then you begin to feel, well, well perhaps he does know, oh, perhaps I don't know what I'm talking about. Perhaps I, you know, and, and then you stop even using your common sense or thinking, well, that would seem like the sensible thing to do, but, oh no, we're doing this. Yeah. Perhaps they've got a reason, you know, and then you've got his, you know, because my family have done this for years, we've always done it this way, blah, 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 blah. And you go, oh, okay, in tow the line, you know? Yeah. And, and, and actually it's fatal, but you sort of almost don't realise it at the time. I think by that time I got so much into the, it's all to do with me. Right. And, they all have lived in the country, you know, on these farms. They've done this, they've done that all of their lives. I'm the incomer, so it must be me. You know, so all, all I seem to have spent years trying to please and trying to get things right. And I never could, of course. So and you left him. Yeah. I, and on the 14th of June, which is when I want to launch my book, it will be seven years that I petitioned okay. him for a divorce. So when you left him, was there any attempt to try to get you back at that point? Had you made multiple attempts? Oh, yeah. I, well, no, I didn't leave for ages because he went, well, I've got nowhere to go. And he said, well, uh, you know, uh, he played the card of we've got a son to parent. It's a critical time in his school studies. So we don't need to put the, we don't want to put the house up for sale. You know, let him get through to next summer to put the house up for sale. Um, and, uh, you know, then we'll sell the house and, and then we'll do this, that, and the other. So, so I hung on, you know. So, he, so when you, you told him you wanted to leave or did you, like, I guess that's what I'm. I talked to him several times about wanting to leave and he'd sort of dismissed it. So I went to a solicitor and I got a petition. He just pretended like, he just pretended like it didn't exist. <clears throat> like, yeah. Yeah. And but it never happened. Business as usual. Yeah. And then I got the petition for the divorce and he said, well, you know, I don't think we should do this, that, and the other, uh, or do anything because our son's got his exams next summer. Okay. Next so then week. he was just coming up with excuses for why yeah. it should be so done right stuck now. stuck it in the jaw and this, and so I then had to get another solicitor involved the next year after us, as soon as our son set his exams and said, look, we need to do this. And then under the UK law, it was that, you should go for mediation. You should go, right. and, you know, before it, 
you have to demonstrate to the court that you've tried mediation. Right. So then we made oh, three appointments with the mediator and he didn't turn up for them. You know, and then he did turn up on the fourth one. Uh, and then when she, I don't think she was a good mediator. I really wouldn't recommend her to anybody. <laughs> uh, it's almost like a job's worth. You know, she knows you've got to do this and you've got to attend. And yeah. you pay for the privilege, £150 to do it. So I was the one petitioning for the divorce. So I paid for the privilege. Um, and then she goes, and what do you think to my ex-husband? And off he went. And she just sat there and just let him go. And I thought she's going to let me have a go in a minute. She's going to say, okay, right. what do you think? And, but she didn't. And at the end of it, she just went, well, you've described to me a very good business, but you haven't, you know, you're not treating this as if it's a, a marriage and a relationship, a loving relationship. You just think of it as a financial business. That's what she said to you? Marriage. That's what she said to him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I went, oh, but then it was like, oh, oh, we're out of time. All right. See you later. Yeah. It's... <laughs> and then it was like, um, I said, well, what do you think? And she said, well, I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, uh, there's any point in coming back as a couple. Wait, really? And she said, but you can come and see me individually. I said, how is that going to help us be a couple? I mean, it was just really so ineffective. So she ticked yeah. the boxes, really, signed the form, and off we went the next stage to the court. Oh, wow. For the okay. well, of course, then it was... Well, we've got to uh, organise this financial settlement before they're granted divorce. So if you go with a, an agreed financial settlement and say, here, this is what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. The judge will just go, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But of course, he wouldn't agree to it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, when I had to get another solicitor involved to petition him to say, you've got to produce a list of assets and this liabilities. And I produced as much as I knew. Well, all of a sudden, up comes his list of assets and his liabilities and things like he owed his brother 50,000 pounds. All these things started popping up you didn't even know about. Yeah, but, but rather stupidly, because at the time, all I wanted to do was get away. I was just so desperate to get away. You just think, right, half of the house, half of this, half of that, yeah. whatever. And I am cross with my solicitor never checked this out. But nobody ever asked him to see the loan agreement from his brother. And when had it been? Because I'd been with him for, well, this is 95, 2005, 2015. So 20 years. And I hadn't known about Malone. So when was it? I think it's I think that you're you brought up a really good point. I mean, just the fact that you wanted to get away so bad, you were just kind of like, screw it, I don't care, let's let's move on. Let's I was just making agreements over everything. And he was going, You're the one that's no good with money. You're the because he he made us get low. When we built our house, we got permission to build a house, a farmhouse. Yeah. But then when, when we nearly built it, he wouldn't buy any white goods or a kitchen or anything. He said, do you want a kitchen? You want a television? 
can you want to, you know, someone wants this, that, and the other, you got to buy it. So I had to get the loan to finish the house so that we yeah. got a cooker and a television and beds and, and whatever, yeah. you know. So those were all mine. And then he came up with, and, uh, you know, I want to give uh, £50,000 less. That's not to be included in the settlement because I owe it to my brother, but nobody ever checked for, um, to see that that the wasn't- legitimacy. legitimacy? There was no legitimacy about it. And that, that is in a way, you know, I'm not knocking God, well, I am in a little way because I think certainly over here, there's a massive amount of, in, in nobody in the legal professions, police, the, they don't recognize what is going on here. Right. And they're like, oh, well, you need to be pragmatic. So Tony, ex-husband is spinning this story of, well, of course it was all my money. I'm the one that built this. I did this, I did that. So it's my, and he went on as if we had a farm and I was stealing half of it off him. Well, we didn't right. have anything. We didn't yeah. have anything. Actually, the deposit, when we bought the land at auction, there was nothing. There wasn't even gates hanging on it, you know, fencing. We borrowed the money off my dad to, to pay the deposit yeah. at auction. So it was all along, it was our joint thing. But I think, I think so the judge and the solicitors, even though you tell them your side of the story, they're thinking, oh, well, he'd inherited the family farm because that's what the eldest sons did. Yeah. And here she is, thinks she'll walk off with half of it. I, I do think there was a lot of that attitude, you know? Yeah. And I made a big mistake with my solicitor. Uh, but I, I don't know where else I could have gone, you know. Did they try to else. advise you to not give in or to not? They didn't. No, they, no their, their favorite saying was, well, be pragmatic, you know. And of even course, your lawyers, even your solicitors? Even my solicitors were going, oh, well, it's going to cost you more to argue about it. I said, what, what am I supposed to do? Just walk away with nothing. Yeah. You know. Um, and it, it, it cost me a fortune in the end for not walking away. Um, and I still didn't gain by it. We still did, I, it still was never settled properly. Um, and so I was very cross with my solicitors over it. And, and I kept saying to them, this is somebody who's a controller. He's a financial abuser, most likely a narcissist, a coercive controller. There's this, there's this, there's this, you know? And, um, but they don't, they're not interested. You, you, and a friend, another friend did say, you have to remember they're salesmen. They're selling you their legal expertise. They're right. making you believe you couldn't do it yourself, which she said you could, you could, right. you're perfectly capable, but they're making you feel afraid to do it yourself. So they'll do it for you and they'll charge you a lot of money. And that's all they're interested in. They're not right. interested in pushing your case. And I think, I believe she's absolutely right because it would be like on a Friday afternoon, you'd get some contact. You know, even if you've been chasing all week, can you please do something about this? Can you please do something about this? They do nothing, but Friday afternoon, they'll have a look at your file and they go, oh, here we go. 
Oh, and then you get both 250 pounds. You know, I mean, I it's cost me somewhere around 85,000 pounds, the divorce did, in legal fees. In legal yeah. fees, my legal team. And I, and I mixed the two figures up when I paid the last little bit and I ended up owing them 30 pounds and they contacted me and said, you've underpaid by 30 pounds. They were arguing over 30 pounds or giving yeah. you time over 30 pounds. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. This is, can you send us the 30 pounds? You made a mistake and you underpaid us 35, 30 pounds. 85,000 pounds. And, and they're still one to 30. Unbelievable, isn't it? Crazy. I mean, and yet things like you'd say, well, you said you were sending an email. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I got that wrong. I didn't see any deductions off the bill for the fact that they'd made an error. Right. You know, like if I if I did something for you, write your will or something, and you said, oh, you've got that wrong. I'd say, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I'll redo it for no cost. I would. Right. I'd go, I'm so sorry, I'll just redo it. Yeah. Not them. No. Yeah. No, there's been multiple times that I've said, I've looked through agreements and then been like, wait, no, this isn't what I, no, this isn't what I was saying. And then, oh, okay. I'll rewrite it. Oh, okay. I'll rewrite it. You yeah. know, like, it's like, you constantly are like, no, that's not what I was saying. I was saying this. And then it's like, okay, I'll rewrite. But then it's just more money, more money, more money. Every time he has to. Well, this was it. it was such a farce. Like when we did the financial remedy order, that was in November, finally in November, 2016. We'd made an agreement a year before. And he said to me, disinstruct your solicitor and I'll get mine to draw up the agreement. He wrote it out, I typed it up, took it to his solicitor, he sent it to me. There were a couple of spelling mistakes, this, that, and that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'll agree it. And I said, yeah, that's fine. And apart from these spelling mistakes, walk away with this much. Uh, and we were due in court two days later. And I said, well, unless we sign this and get it done, we've got to turn up in court. What's the point of that? Yeah. Being as we made an agreement. Oh, it's all right. He was going into the town where the court was. He was going to the livestock market. So he said, I'll pop into the solicitor, his, his solicitor, but that time was drawing up the agreement and, and I'll sign it and then we'll sort it and withdraw from court. And at midday, so, and we were supposed to be in court 9.30 the next morning, and I'd just broken my ankle, so I've got a boot on my foot. And um, he phones me from his solicitor's office and went, I've just been talking to my solicitor and he thinks I've offered you too much, so I'm not signing it. They knew I'd disinstructed my own solicitor, so I think they thought I was just going to cave in. Well, I stayed up all night to make sure I got all the bits of paperwork in order and hobbled into court the next day to, to defend myself on it. And the judge was, it was a female, but she was in a temper over it and sort of sent us away to do this and get a bundle for court and blah, blah, blah. And don't you realize, you know, and they look at me, well, they probably look at both of us, but she's looking at me and going, don't you realize that you're costing yourself an awful lot of money? But and I think, hang on, am I supposed to just go, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I'll just have 10 pounds then. Right. And I'll walk away. Or what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. I, I felt the whole the whole system is entirely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That you I have to go and you know, he can say something and it's the truth, the gospel truth, and I seem to have to scrub around trying to prove it's not. Yeah. You know, and go, but hang on a minute, hang on. Yeah. You know, just because he's shouting very and loud. Because you're, and, and because you speak up, they're like, you're costing yourself a lot of money by defending yourself. Help me, help me. What, do I, what else do I do? And it was like, I got a barrister involved. Oh, oh my solicitor said, before we were supposed to go to court last November for a final hearing, a contested hearing, and my solicitor said, well, I think you better get a barrister's opinion. I was going, hang on, hang on. We've prepared everything for court, done the witness statements, done everything we can. Then because of COVID, we were sort of delayed and everything. So we've waited a year. It was November the 5th, 2019. And our court date was November the 4th, 2020. I said, so now you're telling me to get a barrister's opinion. What's that about? Well, I think we should just get a barrister's opinion about this because there is a possibility you could lose. I said, but I'm not going to lose all of it because all the money was being held in court. Yeah. I said, I'm not going to lose all of it. They can't award all of it to him and none of it to me. I can't lose all of it. Right. Oh, well, have about, okay, we'll have a conference call with the barrister. So we all three have a conference call. The barrister goes, oh, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. Well, at the end of the day, they pulled out. And so we did an out-of-court settlement where we didn't dispute the money. It all went to our son. Which is fine. Because right. our son got more, but I got nothing. Yeah. And most of the money... So all he did was agree to give away my money to our son. And then, so I went to another solicitor and said, I'm not happy with this. I want to complain about these solicitors because they've kept me going for a whole year preparing for a contested court case. And then they say, oh, I don't think you should go. I think you should agree, you know, and it'll be better off. There'll be more money. I said, but it's not for me, is it? You know, and actually I need it. And they said, oh, did you get a barrister involved, these other solicitors? And I said, well, yeah, we had a conference call with the barrister, so you won't win anything, because all they've done is cover their, you've paid the barrister for the privilege of covering their backs. So they can go, oh, yeah, well, we were prepared to go to court, but the barrister advised us best not to. So I paid the barrister's bill, barrister advised that, covered their ass. So you can't have a go at them. Uh, I just get so upset about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's. Uh... But I think it's the nature of us. I don't want to call us victims, but the targets of these narcissists. Right. In the, you know, when we've been a target of it, because it's not in our nature to be contentious. It's in our nature to try and work work with what we've got and be amenable and I think I think there has been some, you know, I've been in communication with other other uh, people that have listened to the podcast and have reached out to me and uh, discussed different things with me. 
and it, it seems like there's a lot of, uh, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of stories about people as of lately. Well, one of them, that's why I was kind of wondering about how you, you know, if, if you dealt with him ever hoovering you, you know, to like stay in the relationship when you left or if he just kind of rolled over and said, okay, you know, uh, but the other part was, was, yeah, the, the, the court stuff. And um, if you had, you know, major regrets or if you put up much of a fight or if you just, you know, if there were things that you surrendered to that you shouldn't have, which you've kind of answered now. Oh, which I think I, I did. Absolutely did. Of, yeah. And I, I think that was one of the big things that as I was going into this process, you know, having a good support system, you know, especially, you know, my partner, my sister, everyone's just kind of like, I know you want to be through this. I know you want to be done with it, but don't give up too much. You know, and that was the biggest thing my, my sister specifically, you know, was telling me, like, don't give up too much. She's going to take everything. If you let her, she's going to take everything. You, yeah. have, to, you have to fight it. Um, and I, and it's just kind of like, I felt like a child kicking and screaming that was being dragged through a grocery store, you know, saying, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I don't Oh, absolutely. I think it's a real good metaphor. Yeah, I just want to let it all go. Just, I want to be done. Like, I want to roll over and just like curl up um, in position and throw a blanket over my head and, and not think about anything, you know, I, but, but yeah. you have to, you know, I think five years from now, seven years from now, you're going to regret it, you know, and like that's um, kind of yeah. trying to tell some people to yeah. not, to not not give up too much, you know, and not play those, those games and just. Your sister is very good support you. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I think she's right. And if I, if I, if I could do it again, I definitely would not give up on anything. And I would recognize that this is delay. It's manipulation. It's uh, everything, everything. And, and trying to make me feel that I was the one that left. I petitioned for the divorce. I did so and so. So I'm the guilty party. Right. He paid all the money. I never did anything. I didn't pay. It's rubbish. It's all rubbish, but right. you get sucked into it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you're trying to sort of get out and go, yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, then you have that. I'll walk away with nothing. You have that, you have that. Just let it stop. Just leave it, me alone. <laughs> it is, yeah, but it doesn't. No. It just gives them more oxygen to yeah. go, ah, ah, she knuckled under that one. So oh, let's go this boundary. Let's let's go. Yeah, let's yeah. take this now. Let's take no. that, let's like, I remember saying to these estate agents, they were walking the fields, you know, to value the fields, and he didn't turn up. We thought the court had ordered that we get two estate agents in to give a joint valuation, and we do a walk of the ground. This certainly meant he'd sabotaged the water supply, and it was that very dry summer, mm. so uh, we were having. Um, so there's no water, so the value of the ground was down because he wanted the ground, but he didn't want to pay for it. Oh my God. He wanted it for nothing. He'd given, I, I dropped enough off him because he'd had to give me some money out of the sale of the house. So he sabotaged the water, we get there, and he's spoken to the one agent who, he got him round his little finger, he manipulated him, and he said, oh, I've, do, I've just spoken to him, and um, uh, it, we agreed, I'll, I'll update him later. I said, you have just put yourself right in it. I said, because he will use that 
because anything you say now is say, well, I was, he wasn't there and I have manipulated that. You yeah. know, I've manipulated the price, the value, and this, that, and the other. So, so you put us right in it. And I said, because whatever you say is worth, he wants me to walk away with nothing, give him the ground, walk away with nothing. He probably wants me to take my clothes off and leave them as well. Yeah. You know, that, that's the way he would be yep. with it. He, he, he would not stop at anything. Yeah. You know? there's, there's, not no, there's no stop. And that's no, that. They put, they put sale signs up three times and they mysteriously disappeared or got checked in the ditch. Yeah. Nobody wanted to put a bid in for the ground, none of the close neighbours, even though they wanted it, because they didn't want to be involved with him because he'd been around intimidating them all. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to stick up or like say something about it. They just let it happen. Yeah. I don't know how to handle that. It's so oh, well, it, it was just diabolical. I have got two friends because my best friend, best friend, she was going, well, just walk away, just just drop 50 grand off and walk away. I said, it's not 50,000. I've already dropped this much, this much, this much. So now you're asking me to walk away. I walked away, in the end, I walked away with about 30% of our asset, not 50%. Well, probably only about 25 so it's just another 50 grand. It's not 50,000, it's another 50,000. But I have got to buy myself a home. I've got to live after this. And I've put my whole life savings that I had right. into this. I don't have a pension. Yeah. I don't have anything. Same. It's only this. Yeah. So, yeah. Dumped everything. You know. Yeah. And you her a stupid flower farm you know, into all of these things that I never got any investment from, you know, it was all her investment. She took the money. It was her play money. Anything else that needed to be invested back into her business, I, I was responsible for. Yeah. You know, yeah. And if it wasn't, then, then, you know, it was World War III. Yeah. It's just, it's just constant. Um, I, I was going to tell you this too. Um, recent, um, taxes needed to get done. I don't know if we talked about that before on the last one, but we, you know, when we had this judgment come down the last time, the judge, um, I think I might've talked about it in an update. I'm not sure, but basically the judge agreed that, you know, it's going to have to be joint this year because I was filing as a, you know, married with children still on my, on my work tax forms and stuff like that. So they were taking less out of my paycheck. So if I was to file single, as head of household or head of household with my child, one child, you know, and we split it one and one, I would have owed a significant amount of money because they'd been withholding less from my taxes because I never changed it, you know, um, which was, was probably my fault. I probably should have recognized that that was, you know, going to happen. But um, so basically the judge said, you guys need to file together. Um, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so my accountant wasn't making any moves on my taxes or her taxes until he got word from our lawyers that, yes, this is the judgment. This is what's come down. Um, so I went to the accountant the day, like our, our court session was two days. Well, it was a Friday. And then Monday was the cutoff day for having the taxes done. They needed to be filed by Monday or my accountant would have had to have filed a extension on the taxes. Um, 
So I went, I signed for it. I paid for it. I think it was $330 just to get my taxes done. Um, and, you know, she's going to have to, whenever the tax refund comes back, she's going to have to, you know, give me her 50% of the, of what I paid for that, um, out of the taxes. But I messaged her and I said, today's the cutoff for the taxes, blah, blah, blah. Um, I just went and signed for it. I went and paid for it. You need to go sign. They're open until seven. And then she said, I never agreed to that. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wait, what? This, I don't think this is an agreement. I think this is what was determined in court. This is what you're going to do. It's no like, I agree to that. I disagree to that. Like, that's why we're doing this in court because now you have to do this shit. You can't agree. Now you have to. And she's like, I don't agree to that. I will only agree to that if you do blah, blah, blah. I think it was something to do with like the, there's a child tax credit that they're doing because of COVID. So they're going to okay. start doing monthly checks. Um, and she said, unless you give me my part of the child tax credits that are going to be coming in monthly. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. You're part of it. Like if I get money, it's going to be split 50-50 because that's what the judge said we need to do. So yeah. yeah. And I don't think this is a, if you do this for me, I'll sign it. I think this is a, an agreement. So I had to contact my lawyer because it's like last minute. I just paid $330. I just got it paid. And you're right up against it, aren't you? You're right up on the edge, aren't you? This is and, the deadline. Yeah. yeah. And her lawyer had also called the accountant and said, yes, this is what was decided. My lawyer called the accountant. Her lawyer, lawyer called the accountant. But for some reason, she just thought she she thought there was something she needed to agree to. And it's like, you know, so that I'm just kind of like, okay, um, well, if you're not coming down here, I'm going to let my lawyer know what's going on. So I did. So I just contacted my lawyer. He contacted her lawyer. And then all of a sudden, like an hour later, she just said, oh, the first thing she said was, um, I don't have time to do that today. I don't have time to go down and sign for it. And I don't agree to it. So you're telling me this on tax deadline day, all of a sudden you don't have time for it? Like what is, what, what world are you living in? I know, I know. Losing, there's so much privilege in that to think that like you're above the courts now and you don't have to agree to it. And this is on my time. I'm willy nilly, this is my show, my world, but that's not the reality. Like, <laughs> yeah. so my lawyer had to contact her lawyer, then her lawyer contacted her. And then she said, um, she's like, I, I wasn't able to get down. So she, when she gets back to me to tell me an update, all she says is, I called, um, they're emailing me over the forms to, to, to write because I can't make it down there today. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, good. Maybe your lawyer told you like to stop being an asshole. And you know, which was the whole point. Like, because then she, I sent my, my the lawyer, my, the screenshots of what she said about not agreeing. I'm like, her lawyer is probably not going to like this. Her lawyer is probably going to be annoyed by this because now you're just looking like an idiot and you're looking like you're extending the process and you're looking like you're, you're, you know, playing games. And, and basically you're saying that my lawyer never told me any of this. You know, I think she might've said something like that, that her lawyer never said anything about this or something like that. So I'm like, her lawyer's not going to like that because she's now 
you know, triangulating her lawyer saying like, trying to like blame someone else. I didn't know this. My lawyer didn't do this. I didn't do this. I, you know, it's like, you know, so her lawyer is going to look at that and be like, girl, you, <laughs> you need to yeah. do, you know, so. I don't know. I don't know because that was another thing that I find that he would quite happily diss anything that had come out, even with the court judgment then, a court order saying, do this, do this, do this. He, he, would, he was in his own world and it was his truth and this and that. So he would, he would just make up a load of rubbish and he'd just, he'd just keep on until somebody listened to it. And his solicitor, well, he must, I don't know. He was just very happy to keep taking money off him, I think. Oh, for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Every, and this, that, and the other. And that was another difficulty. Is it probably doesn't happen so much where you are because you're in a much bigger country. But we'd got solicitors in the same town. And I thought afterwards I should have had a solicitor from somewhere further off because these solicitors at the end of the day, they have to work together on other cases, don't they? Yeah. And I felt at times, I felt at times that I was paying for all of them to have a little bun fight and I just pay. Right. You know? Yeah. But but he was exactly the same as that. He was exactly the same as your spouse. Yeah. But it's like it anything, the last day of everything. The absolute <laughs> last day. And it's not like he didn't know it. Right. He's known it all year. You always know when the, the deadline is. Yeah. The final date. It's like yeah. <laughs> because you're farming, you get what's called entitlements in the UK. So if you've got a farm, you have an entitlement depending on your acreage, one entitlement per hectare it is. Okay. So we've got these entitlements, but then if you sell part of your ground, you've got more entitlements than you've got ground. So you've got some unused entitlements and unactivated entitlements. So when you go for your um, subsidy claim, because they subsidize farming in the UK, you can't use the ones that are unactivated you can only use the ones that you've still got ground for. Right. So, so you're given a year to get rid of those unactivated ones. You can sell them because sometimes people inherit ground that has no entitlements. So there's always a market for entitlements because entitlements entitle people to get the subsidy. They can't get the subsidy without it. So there's always the market for it. And... Um, <laughs> We were in an area of the country which had severely disadvantaged ground. So you got the most money in subsidy for your entitlement, per entitlement. So there was always a market for ours. So you got, and, and the season opened, you could sell your entitlements between November and April or whenever the dates were. I forget the dates. They tell you that, and you know that a year in advance. If you don't sell them by April, the government takes them back and mm. puts them in the pool for young new entrant farmers and dishes them back out. So you right. get nothing for them. Right. So he knew that. He knew that for a whole year. Once we'd sold, when we sold the original farm, we sold 15 acres with it. So those entitlements, we were going to lose. So I said, we need to sell them. Would he sign? He wouldn't sign to sell them. He wouldn't sign to sell them, wouldn't sign to sell them. 
they clawed them back. Like, what's the point? And no money. It wasn't a huge amount of money, but yeah. the point is, was they went with what he did, and I lost out. Yeah. I don't care whether he lost out, but I did, you know? And it's just... But he'd try and change black to white, yeah. you know? And if you go, all right, then it is white, you'd go, no, it's not, it's black. It, it, you just couldn't it ever is. be on firm ground. It's his world. You yeah. Know, same with mine. Yeah. You, you try to get them up the corner so they've got nowhere else to manoeuvre. Mm -hmm. And they're just such a, oh, it's such a victim. I can't, you know, I, I really feel for you still being in that. Yeah situation and I, 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 you know, it's well worth it once you get the other side and you just yeah. hang in there and you have got people, like I said, my best friend was, you know, telling me to come down on the price and then I find out she's fucking him, you know? <laughs> she's fucking him. It's no wonder she wanted me to come down on the money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but um, stick in there, stick in there and and don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself, I think. That's the big thing. Yeah. I, I can still feel it coming, you know, my thought is, oh, if I go back, if I go back there, and if I did happen to meet him or somebody said something or this, something that, I'm straight away in the mode of thinking I need to defend myself. You know, I'm thinking about this book and um, I've, I've spoken to my son and sort of said, what if I go with my real name, not my pen name? everything else is redacted. So the publisher says there's, there's nothing, it's a story. There's nothing that he could get you for or anything. And I've said to my son, shall we do it? But we've decided to stick with the pen name okay. um, to publish the book. But what if somebody does find out or put two and two together and find out who it is and what it is and me, and he finds out. And yeah. I'm, I'm sort of thinking, oh, and I'm thinking, come on, just stick in there. I haven't, I haven't told any lies. I've only told the truth. And actually, you know, if anything goes wrong, all I need to do is call the police, supposedly. Mm. You know? But it does, it, it, it still gets me. Me doing I've been away from it a long time. Yeah. 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 And I get paranoid about the podcast, about what if. Yeah somebody hears it or somebody catches wind of it um, and ends up being a double agent <laughs> going and telling yeah. or telling yeah. somebody that they don't realize is, is somebody that's close to her. And then she finds out and then we're still in the middle of this court process. And then somehow that gets brought up for court. And then, you know what I mean? Like, even yeah. though, you know, I, I, it's just. I think, I, I think the reality is all of the, these kind of things worry me, but I think the reality is that if it went to court, it's hearsay, isn't it? It's you and I having a conversation. We could be making all sorts of stuff up. And that's the, the fear that you live in when you've been abused for so long. There's still a fear. There's still this looming air of like intimidation that you've gotten out of the situation but you definitely don't want to be thrown back into it and so you you have you still have this looming fear and there's some people that are out there that that give their real name that are very very open about it and I think that that's incredibly powerful and you know and 
strong. Like I wish, I wish I was that strong to just say fuck it and just. Well, you know, I, I wish I was, and I, but I understand completely where you're coming from. Yeah. And you want to think about your kids as well, and your right. this that, and like. You know, all I've tried to do at the end of the day, and that's the only thing I can say to you, is just think you're setting your sons an amazing role model. You're not blazing hell and yeah, catfighting and being nasty back. You are, you know, patiently carrying on, doing this, not letting it get in the way with your parenting and this, that, and the other. So, so you know, what you're and reassuring your kids as you go along the way and that that's what I've tried to do with my son he's yeah. just got a new job that pays probably more than I'm earning you know and I'm thinking oh gosh that's you know and it, because he got his degree he did this he did this and and because he's very personable and he, and he kept applying and what have you you know he's done it on his own merits right and um I just think, well, that's all I'm trying to do is show you that it doesn't matter what life's ups and downs are, just keep going and you will succeed if you put your heart in the right place, you know? Yeah. And, and he's done it and that's what I've tried to show him, not... Yeah, I think you've done it. That's wrong, you know? Kind of have to lead by example and you also have to kind of like, you know, show the other show your children that they don't need to put up with the narcissist's bullshit either. You know, no, and, and, and help them to sort of recognize these, you know, potential for these relationships and how they can put boundaries in to protect themselves, you know, and can walk away. So I think it's a really powerful model you're giving your children, you know, and, and, so and I had a long conversation with my son the last time I had them because there's just a lot of, uh, it's just really difficult because they respond, I guess it's, it's, it's bad, but they respond way better to doing things that I ask them to do when I yell. And I don't want to yell because she yells. And so yeah. she yells at the kids to get them to do stuff almost yeah. like it's the only way to get them to be motivated to do things. So before I even had them, um, you know, I just kind of was talking to him and I, and I don't yell, I don't scream, but it's like, I don't feel like I need to even raise my voice in any kind of stern manner. I don't think. Yeah, it's right. um, <clears throat> and that's what I was explaining to him. You know, it's just kind of like, I shouldn't have to raise my voice. I don't like to raise my voice. I don't like the person that it makes me. I don't think it's, what you need, um, you know, and my, my older son understands. And I was like, let's just really work on listening. Let's work on listening. I do have, you know, feelings that I don't want to, you know, release onto you because it's not you, but I have my own problem with not being heard. And when I'm not being heard and understood, um, and when I'm asking something to be done and I have to ask you six times in a row mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I'm being heard, I'm going to get frustrated. That's a natural reaction for my personality. So yeah. now that you know that let's work on it, you know? And so it's like, I'm trying really hard to just verbalize and vocalize 
what does make me upset so that he understands. So then, you know, we can go from there, you know, and then um, it did work out well. We didn't have any major issues. And, and when it did get to a point where I felt that I was gonna lose it, <laughs> I just kind of, you know, said his name and said, hey, this is what I'm feeling right now. Remember we talked about this? And he's like, okay, okay. You know, it, it, sometimes it's hard to kick him into gear. And, and he did open up to me and said that I'm a lot more relaxed than it is. It's a lot more relaxing here than it is when we're at mom's house. You know, like, he's like, sometimes it's just hard for me to want to do stuff because like, I just like, I feel really comfortable. I was like, do you talk to your mom about um, a lot of the same stuff you talked to me about? And he's like, no, like that. I just kind of asked that just to kind of see what he would say, you know, and he's like, oh, stuff there, doesn't it? yeah, it's like, no, I would never, I would never talk to her the way I talk to you. Like, like he tells me about like his, his problems with his friends or like little arguments he has or little things online that he thinks are funny that, you know, it, it seems like with her, because she's so, um, kind of anti everything <laughs> in the world. And there's always some kind of negative you can find um, to where it just like makes you go crazy. Like if he just shows her a funny meme or something, or I remember he used to pretend like he was blind, like he would close his eyes as a child. I think a lot of kids do that. They're playing with their senses, you know, or they close their ears because they, you know, want to know what it's like to be deaf or something like that. Um, and then she would shame him and make him feel guilty for, um, you know, making fun of kids that have disabilities or people that have disabilities. And then it turned into like, that's shameful. You shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't pretend like you're blind. There are people that are blind. Like you, why would you do that and make them feel like an idiot for just being a kid? That's like, you know, you want to play, you know, throwing world around him, isn't it? You know? yeah. Like you can't play pin the tail on the donkey because we're making fun of blind people now? Like, how are these two related? Yeah. Or it's just yeah. you're experimenting with your body and your different senses and shutting down one sense to see what you can figure out. But she makes it, she always makes it about something negative. So I think that yeah. he doesn't recognize it right now, but you know, there's, there's clearly things that he feels way more comfortable coming to me with because I am more open. He might, yeah, he might not be able to verbalize it, but I'm sure he recognizes it. He recognizes yeah. it. He just doesn't know what it is quite yet. But I think it's really good yeah. that he's verbalizing that he does feel more comfortable talking to me about certain things. Um, to me, that's kind of showing me that he is kind of on that path to yeah. enlightenment when it comes to her and yeah. understanding. So. And, you know, in that, you listen to him, he listens to you, you're demonstrating each other respect, aren't you? Uh, uh, you know, which is a valuable skill that will get him a long way in life. Yeah. You know, and it's a good value to have respect, but he probably doesn't get that from his mother because she doesn't respect anybody. It's conditional. Everything's conditional love. So if he's doing all the chores, I mean, I know, I know that, you know, the mother, especially with multiple children, there's always the scapegoat child and there's always the golden child. And I think my older son right now is kind of the golden child for her because he's old enough to do the things she needs to be done, like the chores, because she's got this. Whole got to do for him. Yeah. yeah. So now it's like, you know, what can you do for me? If you don't do anything for me, I'm going to ridicule you. So you know, he's yeah, not such a victim. 
running around like a crazy person at 13 years old, you know, having to walk the dogs and water the plants and do the dishes and take out the garbage. I mean, it's like her own little personal servant. And if he's not doing everything to her tune, then he's going to feel her wrath. And he doesn't, I don't think, again, he can't verbalize it. He doesn't understand, I think, fully what anxiety is, but he's clearly suffering from anxiety in my mind. Even just when he talks to her on the phone, she calls at night. And when she goes to get on the phone with him, um, he's really quick to answer. And mom, how are you? Oh, and then he just has to divulge his entire day to her. You know, he just gets so nervous because he knows she's going to ask what they did. He knows she's going to ask like how he's feeling and everything else. So he like tries to be proactive now because he knows the patterns of what to say to get her from being reactive to him and getting her to not give him shit basically so it's like oh yeah we did our school today we went for a walk you know like if he plays video games for a couple hours he like doesn't want to say oh i've been playing video games for the last two hours because she's going to ridicule the hell out of him you know um because he's relaxing he's it's like you know and then she's going to ridicule me me which i don't think he cares about that because i don't think he knows how much she ridicules me um but he he just doesn't want her to be he like. He doesn't want to be in the middle of it, does he? He doesn't want to be in that pressure, you know. It's always like when she calls, it's always like, "How was your day? What did you do?" And if he says anything wrong, she's gonna be like, "Oh, I don't think that's right. I don't think you should be doing this." Right? It was so nice out. Why didn't you go for a walk? It's so nice it's out. Like control, isn't it? It's the control. So that even when they're under your wing and under your guidance, she's got control. You yeah. Know? And he feels that, he feels that. So I'm gonna, (laughs) now I feel like I have to read this to you. I had a message from her um, after their last time here. Um, Well, at least a part of it. So she took the water hose for one, Um, one of the water hoses. I think I said that, but I didn't finish that thought. But um, she took the water hose. And so I told her, I'm going to have to buy another water hose because I need to water the lawn twice a week. And Mm. she said, um, I don't agree to that. You know, she's like, I'm not paying for 50% for you to buy a water hose, you know? And I'm like, then you're taking the water hose I use to water the ground. Like, you know, our agreement is, I don't think you really have a choice. If I need to get something done for the house, all that it says is, a thousand dollars that's the agreement once it maxes out at a thousand dollars for the little repairs at least for the small repairs anything above that has to be agreed upon but anything below that it doesn't say how i have to divide my money up we have a list of things that needs to be done and if you're taking the water hose i'm gonna have to buy another one and you're gonna have to pay 50 percent of that like that's it (laughs) so um but yeah she She said, you know, she instantly, like they get home and she texts me um, through our messaging app that, you know, our younger son felt sick um, all day Um, after he left with you. He felt motion sick for hours and was really exhausted. Um, Our older son said he also felt run down last night, but was up so late. Something about keeping the TV on um, and he was up past 3 a.m., not sure if he's tired or what. Um, so I am monitoring their temperatures. Um, and they said, and then she said, please have them shower while they're in your care. 
as we discussed this last week, they shower with me every week. So yeah. I don't know what she's talking about, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then she goes on to describe how our older son is going through puberty and how he has issues with self-care and routine is very important for his confidence and his self-esteem. Like talking to me like I'm a child, you know? And like you don't know, you happen to be male, I think, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, pretty sure I know, know how work. Yeah. You didn't you didn't go through it yourself though. So yeah, and then she and then she blamed me for ruining the water hose that she has now, saying that it was stripped, the the threading was stripped and causing leaking. Um, which you know, so she just blame, 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 blame. Yeah. Um, well, she's gotta be a victim, hasn't she? So I did she respond. I probably I probably shouldn't have been reactive, but you know, it was not a good time for me. <laughs> <laughs> you like it's kind of like oh no not today not today you're not going to get to throw these claims out there for nothing yeah and I just yeah. said they did shower and I said the tv was not on until three Thursday um they fell asleep watching tv um our older son stated to me that he felt like it was on for a really long time but in reality it was only on for two episodes of a 30 minute tv show which it was you know yeah. so like I remember, I think we fell asleep at like 1030, maybe. Um, and I woke up, he woke up and I woke up and he was like, Dad, turn off the TV. And I looked and it was like 11 o'clock, you know, when yeah. I turned off the TV. And he was like, man, it felt like it was 3 a.m. You know, he even relayed that to me. And I was like, nope, it, it wasn't because I looked at the clock because I was wondering what time it was. And he was like, oh, man, it just I guess it just felt so late. And so I'm sure there was a miscommunication. He probably told her that it felt like 3 a.m. So then she's like, they were up till 3 a.m. So then she just twisted it around. <laughs> I don't hear it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it's, um, and so then I went on to explain that to her. Um, and then I said, um, after explain, I, I only did it for like a couple seconds there. And then I said, so why is this going, why is this getting brought up when the children are safe and no harm was done? Um, I'm not quite understanding what your goal is here, is what I said to her. And then, I, and then I said, our younger son did tell me he was feeling motion sick when I, he got back, but they both ate breakfast and we do have a routine. Thanks. And then I said, I do understand there's a desire for you to tell me what I should be doing with our children during my time, but I do not, but I do um, think that is overstepping boundaries that I am not wishing to have crossed further as I always keep their best interests in my mind and heart. I will always keep them safe and do what I need to do as a parent. I fully understand their need for support for these self-confidence and self-worth issues and do not wish to have your assumptions thrust upon me as, as if I am unaware of the situation. Please respect that boundary going forward as I have always had that for you. Unless there is a major issue, which there is not, I do not wish to discuss this any further and will not engage with you. Your opinion of me is well noted. If there are any major issues that need to be discussed um, with you, I will let you know. And then I and then I said that the hose is working just fine, you know, when when she got it. And I said this is exactly why I shouldn't be, you know, doing things for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because you blame me for anything you know it's always something that goes wrong basically and her response to that was like I'm not sure we're we're on the same page or even the same library here and then made it seem like I was just being so out of line you know 
it's like fuck you. I I I I see what you're doing. I'm not an idiot, and I'm gonna call you out on it. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I shouldn't have given such a wordy response, but I think I mean her response back to me was very short. It was just kind of like I don't think we're on the same page. I was just letting you know. I was just letting you know about the kids. It's like no, you weren't letting me know about the kids. You were trying to blame me and trying to make yeah. me manipulate things round to making you feel guilty right. for something that didn't happen you know or the kids feel guilty you right. know it, it, and that she either been, that or to show it in courts because this app can be seen by courts you know okay. so i yeah. think a part of it is she wants it documented so she's going to say whatever she wants in there claim that the kids didn't shower claim that the kids are staying up till 3 a.m make you know claiming the kids are sick, saying all these things that are just like completely blown out of proportion and not true to make me feel like, you know, guilty or to show the courts that I'm not doing my best job as a a parent. It's kind of like, no, 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 I'm not going to have this bullshit. I'm going to call you out on it. Yeah, and I think that's a very sensible response, you know, particularly mentioning the boundaries and you know, your duties as a parent and right. you know, I'm not, of course you have major issues, you know? I'm not a babysitter. And that's how she treats me as like either another, an older sibling or a babysitter that doesn't understand these things. Like trying to yeah. school me on, on male puberty. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's laughable. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, it is laughable, but in their world, you say, it's, you know, they're absolute the gods of their world, aren't they? You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think this was anyway. pretty long. I don't know how we're still recording right now, which is... Which no, is- no, me. But I, I am going to have to go, actually, because I've got somebody else I've got to speak to. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've got a few things I've got to do, but... Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'll let you go. <laughs> Take care. Yeah, lovely to talk to you. And um, I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. See ya. Take care. Cheers.